Uh, as Tyler said, we are going to talk about this idea of community today. Talk about the role of community, about fellowship, about, uh, in the Greek term, koinonia is how it's said, uh, in, in that early church. And we're going to be looking at this section in Acts. We're continuing on in the book of Acts, and, and so that's going to be our primary scripture this morning. But let me start by this. Uh, I want to make a statement that I think... Um, Maybe we can build upon as we look at the idea of community, the importance of community. Here's a statement I want to make. I believe one of the greatest enemies of Christian community in our context is that of American individualism. I believe one of the greatest enemies of Christian community in our context is that of American individualism. So this idea of individualism, and I'm not going to get all into this. I don't want to spend a ton of time here, but, but let me just frame this for a minute. Uh, this idea of individualism is a, is a highly valued ideal in our culture. And in many ways, it's the very way that our culture operates is through this lens of individualism. Uh, we all have individual rights. We all have individual freedoms individual liberties, people own their own cars, we have things called personal computers. Uh, every single per I wouldn't maybe not every single person, 95% of us, 99% of us in this room have cell phones, our own cell phones. Now, for people that are younger than maybe 20 years old that are in the crowd, there used to be a time where you would actually call somebody's house to get a hold of them. I know that is a foreign concept. You would have to, re- you'd ha- actually memorize phone numbers, or as my mom had, she had a full list of all of our close family and friends' phone numbers on a, on a you know, little spreadsheet next to the phone. You would dial somebody's house, and somebody would answer, and you would ask to speak to whoever you were looking for. We don't do that anymore. You call somebody's pocket. It's super weird. It is super weird, but that is the reality. It's, it's, again, kind of leans into this idea of individualism. We all have our own phone numbers that are attached to us. I've had a 208 phone number from Idaho uh, for about 10 years now because it would take way too much effort and in, in, in time to actually change it to be a 509 number. Everybody associates my number with 208, and so that's just, I'm a 208 guy. I probably always will be, even though I live in Washington. Uh, we have individual retirement accounts, separate checking accounts. Uh, our houses are placed on individual lots. Oftentimes, they are fenced in apart from other houses. When we grow up, we move out of our houses, and we try not to rely on our family for help at all as a sign of growth, as a sign of maturity. If you can get out from your family, get out from underneath uh, their, their financial resources, their housing, that it's this move towards becoming an individual. The people in our culture that we most celebrate are the ones that struck out on their own and made something of themselves, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps with no help from anyone else. Those are the people we celebrate. We don't normally celebrate the people that couldn't do it by themselves and needed to call in a community to help them get there. Those aren't the stories that we often read about. So this individual, uh, individualistic nature that undergirds our thinking and is highly, highly valued in our kind of collective consciousness in America, I believe militates against this idea of biblical community, this idea of biblical fellowship. And for all the ways that it has advanced our society, I would argue that individualism has had disastrous effects on our understanding of church and the role that community should play in our lives. On the same, t- on the same uh, side and, and, and on the other hand, I would say this. I believe one of the greatest longings of our hearts is to be known and to know others. 
So we have these competing values where we're pushed to be individuals, but at the same time, we want to be known and we want to know others. We want to be known by our creator. We want to know our creator. We want to know others and we want others to know us. Yet this individualism, I believe, creates great chasms of loneliness and isolation. Now, we all say that we want community. I don't think anybody would sit in this room and say, oh, I don't need community, I don't want community, I don't want friends. I I think we all would say, yeah, I want community. There's something about me that wants community. But based on the actions that we see, that I see, that uh, I have even... um, I have displayed in my own life, I'm not totally sure we even know what community means or how to engage in community. So that sets up the rest of the talk for this morning. When we look to the scripture to talk about community, we we usually pull one of two scriptural passages out. The first one is this, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. This is what it says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it's the scriptural passage in Hebrews that, that really leans into this idea of not neglecting meeting together, of being in each other's lives. So we, we turn there, tends to be one, uh, one place. The other place is our passage for this morning, Acts 2, 42 through 47. This passage being uh, one of the earliest passages in the scripture that most comprehensively describes the characteristics and actions of the early church. In this scripture, we see things uh, such as teaching, fellowship, sacrament, communion. We see this idea of miracles being performed, having things in common, that, uh, that, that these early church people lived a sacrificial life, that they were giving in what they did, that there was consistency in meeting, both in places of worship and in their own homes. We see that they had worshipful hearts. In the end, we see that to their number, God added daily that people were drawn to this first idea, this first expression of Christian community. We'll come back to this scripture and we'll we'll actually read it in a minute, but it gives us this really, really beautiful picture of the actual actions that were taking place in that first community. So the traditional way to preach this is to break down these individual actions and characteristics and and, and really um, kind of drill down into this picture of the early church and discuss how should it be practiced in our context. If this is what they were doing, then, then how should we do community? As we've mentioned before, this would be taking a prescriptive approach to the passage, concluding that the things done in the early church in, the, in this specific passage of Acts 2, 42 through 47, are the things that should be, we should be doing in our context right now, that these words are prescribing for us what our communities should look like. It's prescribing for us how we should act. This morning, we're not going to really take that view of it. 
This morning, I want to look at uh, maybe a bigger level or, or, or above this prescriptive idea of the specific actions, characteristics that were taking place and, and look at it from a more uh, broad or comprehensive understanding. We will come back to this passage. Next week, we will speak a, a little bit more detailed in to the scripture on this, uh, in, in this specific section. But this morning, my hope is to take a different approach, and I want to do uh, two things, really, two things. I want to bring to the surface some of the practical concepts about the idea of community and how our communities should be shaped by these things. Not necessarily the characteristics, but more the concepts that were taking place in this section. And then secondly, I want to actually engage in some of these community rhythms. Some of the things that they were doing in the early church, I think maybe we should practice in our churches. So this morning, I'm going to push and challenge you to, uh, to, to do that to some degree. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then um, we're going to get into the text. Lord, be with us this morning. God, help us to understand the role of community in our lives. Lord, help us to understand uh, what does it mean to be a community in, in a church of uh, 200 people this morning. How, how does that happen? How do we do that? God, we trust that your spirit is powerful enough to actually make that happen. Lord, we trust that uh, it is your desire for us to live uh, in this way, that we live together. So be with us, speak through your scripture this morning, and I pray, Lord, in a unique way that you would uh, speak through each other this morning. God, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, if you, uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts 2, 42 through 47 right now. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn to uh, roughly 10 or 12-ish people that are around you. You're going to designate one person to read that scripture out loud. I, people are terrified right now. <laughs> the faces out here is outstanding. Uh, this will challenge you. And just own it and let's lean into it this morning. So uh, you're going to turn to 10 or 12-ish people around you. Somebody uh, designate one person to read that scripture out loud, then I just want you to talk about that scripture. Discuss the passage, what you find interesting, what you find challenging, and try to nail down maybe some of the elements or the concepts that are taking place without looking at the specific practices that are happening, if that makes sense. So let's do that. I'm going to give you about five minutes to do that. So turn, uh, turn to some folks. If you need to turn chairs, that's fine. All right, so let's, uh, I want to take uh, just a couple of people, throw out, if somebody in your group said something profound, something that you think would, uh, would edify the body, what, what, what was said? Was there anything that, that was said out here or uh, something that was uh, pulled out of the scripture that was really uh, profound that we should know? Something somebody learned? Yeah, good. So the amount of stuff that we have takes time from the amount, uh, or takes away from the amount of time that we can give to people. In a lot of ways, we're kind of shackled to the things that we own. Yeah. All right. But, uh, there, we could, again, we, I know that there, uh, there was other stuff that was said um, and, and that we could th- share with people that we could throw out, but um, let, let's pause right there. Um, before we, we get into the scripture, before we look at this stuff, I want to take a, a minute and, and offer some practical suggestions of what community is not. As I was studying this scripture, 
uh, this week, it, it just kind of kept coming to my brain of, well, what, what is community not? What are the things that community doesn't do or, or that sometimes I may have unfair expectations uh, for community to do? And I, and I think on a real practical level, this might be good for us as a community to hear this this morning. So here's the first thing. Community is not a right. Community is not a right. Here's what I mean by that. The scripture, nowhere in the scripture does it say to all who follow me, you will be given much community. That's not in the Bible. Community is not a right. Now, coming to faith, trusting Jesus Christ, means that we are a part of a community. It means that we are a part of the body, as the scripture refers to it. But this does not magically equate to feelings of, or even the reality of, belonging. We are a part of a community. We are a part of this Christian movement, the church global. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have feelings of belonging. Biblical community is not a right. I believe it is a privilege. When we come to faith, we become part of a family. The scripture uses adoptive language throughout. That idea of adoption is is this beautiful metaphor of what it means to become a part of the family. It paints this picture that we are sons and daughters of the Father. It means that we have connection and likeness with other Christians from around the world, but what it doesn't mean is that we get this new batch of great friends. Being a Christian doesn't automatically equate to long-lasting and deep, trusting relationships. Now, certainly being a part of a church, being a part of the Christian community means that these doors may be open, that you may find those friendships, those relationships in places like this. But it is not a biblical right, nor is it a biblical certainty that you will find those relationships. Here's a second thing. So this is, that was one. Here's 1B. Community is not the church's job when we think about it in, the, in this way. Now, I can't tell you how often I've heard this sentiment. I just couldn't find community in that church. I walked through the doors and I just couldn't find community. What does this really mean? When you think about this, what does this really mean? Does it mean that there were no other people in the church? You walked in and it was an empty building and there was not another soul in there? Because if that's what that means, then yeah, certainly you couldn't find community in that place. Or does it mean that the church did not match you with another person or couple that shares your interests and your passions, provides you with a leader with outstanding curriculum, and then took care of your kids so you could actually engage in that curriculum during your small group time? The church's job is to prepare people for the good work of the kingdom. That is the church's job. We can help facilitate relationship. We can help you meet people. We can even put people in to the same room. But ultimately, you as the individual, me as the individual, have to seek and work hard to be a part of a community. It does not just magically happen. Number two, community is not easy. Think about the community that surrounds Jesus throughout the Gospels how he was constantly teaching, training, even rebuking at different times. Think about the unmet expectations that he must have had when he was abandoned at the cross. Community is not always easy. 
I would say, in fact, that your problems don't go away when you join a community, when you become a vital part of a living, breathing community, and, and in many ways, you just gain the problems of others. I've seen this happen in marriage relationships and parenting, that they're exponentially more difficult than I ever thought, but they're also exponentially better than I could have ever thought. This is the same with Christian community. It is not convenient. There are often times where it would be easier for Grace and I just not to go to our small group time. There are often Friday nights or Saturday nights where it would be easier for us just to have a family night and not invite people from our community in to our house because you have to host them and they make a mess and then you have to clean up the mess. There are times where it would be easier. But I can confidently say that some of the greatest moments in the last three years of my life, four years of my life now that I've been here, have been spent with our community. And maybe I'd even say the greatest moments have been spent with our community. I found this great quote. It says this, As a grace community has also created some of the deepest wounds in my heart. Unfair or failed expectations, hard words, misunderstandings, betrayal, accusations, disappointments, even loneliness in community. I remember hearing someone say that community is wherever the people you least want to be with always live. This gentleman is actually quoting Henry Nowen, who first said that. Sometimes I resonate with this. Living with life with others opens you to vulnerability. It means that you are now exposed to potential disappointment, to failed expectations. But this is where life really happens. Life does not happen in isolation. Life happens in community. This is where relationships become meaningful, become deep, and become beautiful. Number three, community is not a balanced equation. There are times when you give, there are times when you receive. We often say this, what you put in it is what you get out of it. But Christian community is not a commodity. And so it should never, ever be understood in this way. It's not something that can be reduced to a cot benefit analysis. Well, if I put X amount in, then I expect to get X amount out. That is not the way that Christian community works. There are times in our lives, Grace and I, when uh, this was in like 2005 to 2000, uh, about eight-ish or so, my wife and I had been trying to get pregnant for three years and we couldn't, and there was this, and I've talked about this before here, there was this dark season of depression and sadness and isolation in that for us. We wanted kids more than anything and, and we couldn't get pregnant. In that time, our community came around us and supported us. We were not giving a lot into our community at that season of our lives. We didn't have a lot to give. But our community was constantly there, encouraging, supporting, loving us through this dark time in our lives. Well, we got pregnant. Things kind of turned around. And about a year later, there was another couple in our lives. It was actually two different people. And there was this failed business relationship and a fractured friendship. And it was super messy. And we spent the next year of our lives walking alongside these two families as they tried to repair their friendship, as they tried to repair this business relationship. And ultimately, it didn't really wasn't re repaired in that time. 
but we spent the next year of our life dealing with that situation and not really feeling all that fed in our group because we were with them. Now you think about the other people in our group that had for two years had spent either time with us or time with them and this is what I'm trying to get at is it, it's not always equal. What you put in isn't always what you get out and that's what Christian community is. That's okay. If you're seeking community or, or, or small group with the mind frame that what you get out of it is why you go, then let me tell you, you will have unmet expectations. Group is not about you. Community is not about what you gain from it. What you put in to the community you are a part of is a direct reflection of the trust that you have in Scripture and your faithfulness to your Christian life. Here is what I believe the scripture says community is. I'm going to take two overarching principles that I think this scripture speaks about what community truly is. Community is the tangible expression of God's love. Community is the tangible expression of God's love. Why do you think the Lord added to their number daily? Why do you think that is? Here's the answer. People were added to their number daily because their fellowship and community showed them who God was. If you want to know what Jesus thought was truly important, I suggest turning to the final chapters of the book of John. Chapters about 13 through 17. Some of the most theologically rich chapters in all of scripture. Chapter 13, after Jesus has washed the disciples' feet, Jesus expresses this statement, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. The command has been given to us, and it's to love one another in the same way that Jesus loves us. Think of the gravity of this statement. Love one another in the same way that Jesus has lavishly loved us. Our love of one another is to be of unmerited grace, of consistent service, and ultimate sacrifice. That is what our love of one another needs to look like. Our group studied this passage about two weeks ago, and the question came up, are there people being added to our number daily? Maybe we take it outside of our group and we think about this church in general, this community. Are there people being added to our number daily? It can be a sobering question when you begin to ask it. Do we see a lot of new faces come in on Sunday mornings? Maybe people are not coming to faith through us because our expression of community is not deep and is not redemptive. It's not covenantal. Maybe. that would be something to maybe wrestle with. I know our group is wrestling with that. Why aren't new people coming to our group? Why is my neighbor not attracted to stop by on Wednesday night and figure out what in the world we're doing in the backyard? Number two, community is a discipline as displayed in the early church. I think there are two critical words that we see in these five verses. The first one being this devotion in verse 42. 
Richard uh, Longnecker, which is a sweet last name, (laughs) uh, he's a New Testament scholar, says this, uh, in in defining what devotion is, a steadfast and single-minded fidelity to a certain course of action. A steadfast and single-minded fidelity to a certain course of action. Devotion in this section takes the form being steadfastly attentive unto, to give unremitting care to a thing. Giving unremitting care to a thing. The second important word is continued, verse 46. It's an ongoing practice, something that happened day in and day out. These two words, I believe, insinuate that the first Christian community was a constant and pursued action. Again, it just didn't happen, but they were constantly pursuing community. They were constantly seeking this action out to be together in that early first century. It was not just something that happened, but rather something that the first followers of Christ practiced and fought for every single day. I've never been more convinced than I am today after studying this passage, after living here for the last four years, that community is a spiritual discipline. Just like fasting, just like prayer, just like study or solitude, it's not something that comes natural to us. What comes natural is individualism. Community is a spiritual discipline. Too often we are haphazard in the way that we pursue it. We wait until it fits in our schedule We stop going when something offends us or when significant issues start to be drawn out of our lives. We allow the stresses of our lives, the worries of our days to dictate the depth of our involvement in those small group evenings or in a community environment like this. But being a vital part of a community can't be reduced to just showing up to group a few minutes late and then leaving once the leader says amen. That is not being a part of a community. That is being part of a group. It's not being part of a community. To truly be a part of a community takes incredible discipline. Like I said before, it's a spiritual discipline and it's something that demands our entire devotion and requires our continued pursuit. That, I believe, is one of the beautiful principles in this passage. You read that as you read this text, that it was this constant pursuit of these first Christians to be together, to not give up. That, the quote that I read earlier from uh, Christopher Hertz here, he finishes that by saying this, all of these things I have never been far, f- uh, I'm sorry, all of these things have never been far removed from any of my community experiences, though I need community more than any other discipline. It has been one of the hardest things for me to find my way in. With as much work that needs to go into community, and as hard and painful as it has been working it out, why in the world would I choose it? I choose community because that's where I have found God. Who we are cannot be separated from relationships. We are made for relationships. We cannot approach this idea of community when it fits in our schedule. It cannot be haphazard in nature. It's 
has to be a continued pursuit of our lives. Bonhoeffer, who writes an incredible book called Life Together that really looks at this idea of community, says this, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. Those who love their dream of Christian community more than the Christian community itself become destroyers of it. I think sometimes we love our dream or our ideal of Christian community more than actually being a part of the community itself. I'd say it's way easier to do that. But if we were to take something from this early church practice, it's that it has to be a constant pursuit in our lives. We have to be willing to sacrifice everything for it. So this is our challenge this morning, that community is not just one religious option that we can choose to take advantage of. It's the very way that the world will know Jesus is by looking at us in the way that we love one another. They will see him by witnessing our love for one another. They will see God when they see us in community. That's why it can't be something that we just do when it fits in our schedules something we do when it's convenient. It has to be a discipline that changes our actions and a rhythm that shapes the entirety of our lives. So here is the rest of this morning, and we've got 15, 20 minutes here. We're going to practice some elements of community. One of the things that the early church did was that they prayed for one another. We don't pray for one another often enough. This morning we prayed as a, uh, a group... Um, people from the band and, and from uh, back in kids' community and, and any volunteer this morning, we came around and, and I just offered a, a um, suggestion to yell out some prayer requests and there was five or six things that came out immediately. Parents that are struggling, people that got uh, test results back that were positive, something to, to, to praise God for. People that are stressed, people that are injured. We all have prayer requests and yet too often we just hold those in on ourselves because we don't want to burden the community, but that is not what community is about. So this morning we're going to practice that. In those groups that you have right there, pray for one another. I promise you, you will feel closer to somebody after you pray for them. That breaks down walls. It breaks down everything. It's where we begin to see the Jesus in each other. And beautiful thing happens when we're able to pray for each other. So we're going to do that. We're also going to take communion together. Again, one of the things that we often do is we take communion as individuals. We walk up in a line and we come up here. This morning we're going to do it in a community. So we have four different stations. On each station there's a, a cup and a, uh, a small loaf of bread. When your community is right, you guys can either all get up together and go and take communion together or you can send one person to go and grab a piece of bread and a cup. And we're going to serve each other communion this morning. Offer somebody the bread and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Offer somebody, offer somebody the cup and say, this is the blood of Christ spilt for you. And we're going to serve each other. A beautiful, beautiful expression of the Christian community coming together on level ground at the Lord's table. This will be challenging. There will be some of you that this will freak you out, and that is okay. As groups, if there are individuals that are not in a group, grab them. If you're a small group, I'd encourage you to do this together. But don't just have it be a small group thing. Grab somebody else. Grab another group. 
This is about the broader community. Let's begin to practice these things. Let's begin to live in to these things. The band will come up. They're going to share a few more songs. They will close us out in the end and, and pray for us at the end. So let's stand together and let's pray, and then um, the rest of the morning will be yours. <clears throat>